0: you're listening to Brave New Words Uh, I'm your host Ed Fortune and I'm here with
1: producer Al I'm Ross and I'm Del Uh,
0: we are currently running from a large room to another room talking about books and judging them also we have book news this time around so let's talk about book news Um, thank you for listening by the way we are presented to you via Stop us Magazine, also the Monkey Spanner, uh, and also via Radio International.com. Um, so you can find us all there, or you might have just found us at random. We are pretty much everywhere these days. Uh, but before we do anything else and try and work out where the heck we are... This, this is Hat Radio International. That was a lovely jingle. It was. It was a lovely jingle. Oh,
1: no.
0: So, we've currently been putting books on trial and judging them by their covers, because we're that shallow. Um, but before we deal with that, shall we talk about some recent bit news? We can. Yes. So, um, a little while ago, a long cast your mind back, a long time ago. There the Galaxy were... far, far away. Got, uh, almost. Well, the other Star franchise that's also very popular. Yeah. Not Wars, but Trek. Is the
2: Galaxy very, very close?
0: Um, galaxy very, very close, but in the future. Um, okay. So, there was, a, oh. there was a Star Trek parody... <laughs> called uh, All the Places You'll Ball Bo- Bo- de Gaulle right which was a Dr. Zeus Star Trek mashup oh the okay. one
1: with the suing yes the one with the what the suing there was much suing oh
0: right okay so titan Hamilton and David Gerard got together and created this marvellous book called All the Places You'll Ball Bo- de Gaulle and they were like oh we might get sued by Powerman and then said they got sued by the estate of Dr. Zeus.
3: <laughs> no right <laughs> two stories so, so it's largely because they were trying to make cash out of it
0: so they took comic mix to court who are the people who were producing it and um you know it's just that judge Janus salmon Sam-, Sam Martino was
3: that uh, Janus Janus wow that is an unusual first name mm.
0: um, but good name for a judge
3: yeah yeah
0: uh, judge Janus San Martino uh, got the joke uh, and decided that they dismissed it on um copyright Copyright infringement claims were dismissed on fair use grounds. Oh. Uh, the case, basically, they were looking to help establish uh, fair use laws for mashups, which are becoming more and more popular. Okay. So it's a basically a district court court judge went, "Excellent, I can help establish precedent."
1: Does, that's yeah, interesting. That's I interesting. Think, that's going to get appealed. I think surely. that's bad precedent. Yeah, I think you should have to ask permission.
0: However, the second <laughs> claim over copyright over copyright uh, it's, it still requires the Dr. Zeus estate to prove loss of earnings. Ah. So I think what the currently what the ruling is saying is like you know, knock yourself out. Feel free to mash up. You still need to apply for a license. Okay. I think is what I think that I think that's basically the judge. Yeah, I think I think
3: probably because they were trying to make money out of it, what the judge is probably saying there. Hmm. Is um, so the Doctor Zeus estate needs to show that it has definitely lost out on money because of this. Which, if they're making money, they probably are. Because yeah, as you rightly say,
1: get a license. Yeah, they're not. They're not paying any rights or anything. Yeah, for that, so that's already loss of earnings.
0: But yeah. the work itself is fine. Yes. <laughs> so. But
1: but what they needed
3: to do is they needed to have a polite conversation before they started trying yeah. to make cash out of it because um, they probably could have licensed it for something very, very yeah. reasonable. My my, my issue isn't the
1: creation, it's the fact that at no point has anyone been asked if it's okay if we use that thing that you made. Yeah. Which wouldn't be okay if it was anything else. Yeah.
0: So that's where it stands at the moment. There's still appeals going on. Obviously it's an ongoing court case, but it looks great. (laughs) Um, I do
1: like the idea of a Dr. Zeus Star Trek mashup.
0: Well, there was a particular example that they used where you've got Thing 1 and Thing 2 that are done as Vulcans. No! and there's enough difference between the two characters and what they're meant to represent and what they are that they're different and original. So it's an interesting case. Mm-hmm. Um, Eurocon 2019 will be in Belfast. Oh.
1: <laughs>
3: interesting.
0: Ooh. Belfast is okay. a
1: 10 quid flight away.
3: Which year is New Zealand?
0: 2021.
3: 2023? 20, 20, 20. I don't
0: know. I feel um, like it's 2020. It's 2020. Oh, I so want to go to that. Uh, if it happens in New Zealand, we're going to New Zealand. Yeah,
3: I'm so up for that one.
1: So how come New Zealand's already been named? Ah, oh. uh, it's
3: not. Also not, but also on a pose at the moment. Ah, uh, right. okay. I don't, I, I stand to be corrected, but I don't think they've ever had it in the southern hemisphere so never before. never been in... So they're never Oceania. Yeah.
1: Where in... Oh, yeah, no, let's just go let's just say if it's New Zealand let's all just go I think that's a plan yeah
0: you can we don't have a Patreon but if you want to give us money that'd be lovely (laughs) Uh, if you are a publisher sponsor and you want to send us to around the world that'd be amazing I don't don't
3: even want to contemplate how much office job I would have to do although I do now have a friend in New Zealand who might let us crash in her city based flat if it's the right city well
0: well, Stop doesn't have a budget What Sobbers has has a very polite lady who sits there and goes, no. no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> if you want to do that, it'd be lovely. Please write about it. But no, 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 no. no, no. no. If, you, if you want to say no, don't do that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but Ireland is exceptionally feasible. Yeah, uh, yeah. Especially, we're based in Manchester. You can fly to Belfast and Dublin for, for generally between 10 to 30 quid each way. Oh, that's nothing, isn't it's it? It's absolutely yeah. nothing. It's cheaper to go to, to fly to Dublin or Belfast than it is to get the train to... Uh, London yeah and that's 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 the same everywhere at the
0: moment yeah so at the end of TitanCon they do a Game of Thrones tour where they drive you to all the bits of the Game of Thrones set which would be interesting because Game of Thrones will have finished by then
3: will it? what season is coming what season's coming
0: soon? the ultimate season ah and then it'll be next year it'll be the ultimate season yeah
3: well well, next season will be the last season yeah. yeah Mm. Yeah, but if
0: you're New
2: Zealand, people are still showing you around the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. yeah, that's
3: true.
0: And they're they're using big chunks of Ireland for all sorts of movies now. A yeah. chunk of other TV series have been filmed there mm. because if you want a grim, dark, desolate fantasy wasteland, then apparently Ireland is the place to go. Well,
3: if you want Victorian London, it's the place to go because uh, they have sufficient um, period buildings in the centre of um, Dublin mm. that are that look right.
1: It, Peaky it, Blinders is filmed in Liverpool and that's set in Birmingham isn't it, it? Yeah. it's
0: massively massively off topic they did a bit of it in Manchester as well there is a chunk yeah. of it in Manchester mm. which is essentially they're still filming all sorts of stuff in Manchester because there's two or three buildings yeah they're
1: filming something at the moment aren't yeah. they in the Ancoats?
0: it's not just
2: Ancoats; it's uh, City Centre back in at, old, the old uh, at
0: the old
3: fire uh, station at the old fire station
2: they uh, filmed bits of Captain America in Manchester it's the same, yeah. Area, same yeah. area Yeah, or Northern Quarter was,
1: yeah. you can just put up a few facades on and a yeah. green screen at the end to hide the Arndale and you've got
0: <laughs> because, because the, because just the, hide the Arndale
3: generally it's better
0: Manchester, than it was Manchester has empty buildings that are undeveloped rather than empty as in someone owns them they just don't have any cash to actually do anything with them suddenly film companies have gone so you've got an empty building that hasn't been touched for a number of years and looks like it's from the, from the 40s you say mm. we'll come along and make it look good enough for tv and you know therefore pay some maintenance costs for you mm. uh, and you can rent it out and i, I walk on the way to the work i walk past you know tv and lightning companies that are like this week this is going to be an opium den and you can see them <laughs> yes, you know well advertised. <laughs> But warning,
2: so- warning, actual opium, probably not for sale.
3: We saw, probably about two years ago now, we saw something being filmed on King Street, didn't we? That was pretending to be New York in the 1920s. Yes. And it was it was Jude Law and but Colin King- Firth, I think. And I don't think I've
1: ever heard what happened to that film. King Street's on a hill.
3: Yeah. But, but they man- were pretending it was New York and they'd, like, blocked off the the new buildings sort of part way up on the left-hand side. But the Pizza Express was in the background as, a, like, co-starring in it. But Manchester hasn't
2: very been excited. Co-starring a pizza express. Yeah, they were very okay.
3: excited. They
0: really <laughs> were. Manchester hasn't been ruined by uh, developers you know, knocking down bridges and building all sorts of carbuncles on it yet. yet. Um, so, Give a minute. <laughs> so, yes. Um, news. News. Fear magazine <laughs> is closed. Everyone be sad. Wow. Um, so, Fear magazine ran from 1988 to 1991. Uh, and then came very close then and then came <laughs> back following a, car- a crowdfunding campaign in 2014 it, the crowdfunding campaign failed they tried again Aww. they tried again it came back it was back it was Fear magazine it was had a small section of reviews and it was mostly anthology stories because it's mostly an anthology magazine yeah um, and they tried and they tried and they tried and they tried and it did, just didn't get enough people interested. didn't make enough money and it's full the
1: people don't Buy things that they can get for free elsewhere. Mm. That's is... the problem with the internet and short stories now.
0: John Gilbert said, "It's great. We have great, great regret that they announced the closure of Fear magazine. There will be no further issues." I have to say, if I was doing, an, if I was launching an anthology magazine for profit now because there's lots of anthology magazines that are labours of love mm-hmm. that you essentially you pay for. You pay like a tenner for the magazine, and the magazine's basically a small book. Yeah, and there's loads of stuff in it, and it comes out maybe quarterly or whatever. And this Whoop Whoop is a good example of uh, it's a Doctor Who comic anthology, it's full of essays, it's all the rest of it. It's, it says it's a magazine, but it's a book really. Um, it comes out highly intermittently. Doesn't it comes out highly intermittently, but it's made, marvellous. And you're essentially you're paying your ten pounds to make sure there's another one. Yeah, um, and you know, I, I don't know how people are paid for that. I don't know if they are. I think they sort of are in a kind of you know ramshackle way that a lot of you know, It's almost like we've gone. It's almost like we've devolved when it comes to publishing, mm. in the sense that now it's very much kind of ad hoc in lots of case, cases because there's because of the money. But yeah, I was I was talking about how I would do that and what I would do. Basically, the way I would do that is to have a massive amount of capital before behind me before I started.
1: Yeah.
0: Because if you wanted to, do, if you wanted to do a commercial anthology magazine, you'd find ten popular commercial authors who are well known, who you could then talk into writing you something, and then you would guarantee a year's worth of subscription from them yep. from, from your readers, because it's like issue six has Neil Gaiman, Patrick Rothfuss. George Orwell Martin story in it and the following issue has again another story from it but you have to subscribe and people will subscribe and some idiot will still scan it but you know I have seen magazines that say please don't and please don't by the way because please don't because we like being paid but anyway uh, moving on Um, so that's fear it's very sad
3: Mm.
0: Harry Potter proof goes for £9,375.
1: That seems awfully low. Yeah. What was a, wrong with it?
0: An uncorrected proof... It wasn't Harry Potter proof. <laughs> <laughs> an uncorrected <laughs> proof of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's <laughs> Stone has gone for over £9,000 uh, £9, at auction. Uh, the copy misspells the author's name as J.A. Rowling.
3: That's a heck of a misspell.
0: Uh, and was sent to a seller whilst they were working in the Bournemouth bookshop. So it's basically...
3: A where bookshop?
0: Bournemouth. Bournemouth um, what, Producer it... Al is laughing at my accent um, because I put overlaps o- on things at random uh, Yeah, usually it's a W It's basically lots of <laughs> Thank you very much <laughs> so, so something like this basically, with a misspelling I've just waved an arc at our lovely lovely team Hang on, while well, I carefully move the microphone, there we go. i uh, just waved an arc. Apparently, previous versions had went, gone for £1,000 to £1,500. So oh, that
1: one's also very low. Yeah, that's so low. For an arc?
0: Yeah. For an arc? For, for a book that's only designed to be read once before the glue gives in and its little bookish heart explodes?
1: I own one. Five different copies of the Philosopher's Stone. Wow. Like, I think collectors will collect.
2: They have we, just brought out uh, one for each house. Yeah, I'm, I'm, a-
1: have, I'm in a bit of a dispute with Waterstones at the moment. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what did you do? I
1: didn't do anything, but apparently my book just isn't coming. <laughs> oh, right. Oh! No. Yeah, that's. No. Mm-hmm. But they keep telling me it is. I'll get an email saying your order's been cancelled and then I'll get an email I'll be like hiya why's my order been cancelled and they're like it's not we don't really know what's happening I'm like please stop <laughs> I don't know what's <laughs> going on
0: which house oh. have you gone for?
1: Puffer for Life
2: Yeah, uh-huh.
1: puffer. yep what colours Puffer Yellow and, black. Yellow and um. black it's very pretty to be honest all of them are part of me nearly bought or four, <laughs> but I <laughs> thought I can't yeah that's why I, I mentioned them because I remember her mentioning them <laughs> yeah they they look so pretty I can't wait
2: in the shop. So.
1: <laughs> there's recently been I'm a sorry. world record set for the most number of children dressed as Harry
3: Potter
0: there has Aww. Aww. I was amused to discover recently that not all Slytherin is in fact a hashtag wow but not all Slytherin
2: but you know they're not all evil There's a Mixed lovely stared at by everyone else there's a lovely yeah. webcomic called uh, My Life is a Background Slytherin which is also a wonderful thing <laughs> Oh, that Malfoy—he's
0: so dreamy. Um,
1: he really is, though.
0: So yeah, I love the fact that <laughs> J.K. Rowling doesn't get it, and she's like, "No, no, he's meant to be evil and pale and horrible." Just because the actor's lovely, and it's like, no no. "No, no, J.K. He's right." Okay, you don't get why some people are attracted to that. Some people are attracted to that. Move on. Um,
1: when I was little, even like reading the books, I always had a bit of a soft spot for Draco. Later on, it becomes a bit of a git, but that's puberty, isn't it? So, what uh, news? but yes, uh, there's
0: only two hundred <laughs> copies of the, these proofs in existence. Um, wow! And you obviously, two hundred proof. Okay. They produced two hundred proofs. That's about right. Okay. Um, uh, they sent them out to various places, saying, "You know, order more of these books. This book is interesting." Okay. Because uh, you know, no one had heard of J. A. Valley <laughs> at the time. Um, I can understand why. <laughs> and in, in Venice a lot of them would have been thrown away yeah mm. Mm. Uh, and re- returned through the recycle
3: you, yeah I suspect if you dig around in, the, in bookshelves back rooms you'll probably find some of them like buried underneath other piles of proofs.
0: in, in terrible states because yeah. they don't last long mm. um, Virago who are uh, have gotten into comics so Virago are an international publisher known for uh, producing books of uh, books by women they have a reputation for high work. Um, they've, they've suddenly realised that women do comic books. Well done, Farago. Well done. 20 years too late, but well done. Um, they've produced two comic books coming out uh, this year. One will be The Illustrated History of Female Sexuality, called The Fruit of Knowledge, by Liv Stromgrist, and, and a book called Eve, by a woman called Una, which is the story of a mother and daughter struggling to survive in a post-apocalyptic world. Um, Deputy Publisher Sarah Savitt said some of the most, most original novelists are working today are women yes
1: <laughs> literally uh, half of them the ri- ori- <laughs> sorry original
0: graphic novelists are working today are women
1: <laughs> people do say some very silly things So on the basis
0: of
2: that, which of these books are we considering getting? Which I'm very interested in Una, to be honest. Um, that one sounded the most interesting to me, but to be fair, I'm not the target in, audience. In, in fairness to, to, to
3: graphic
0: novels, was it, was it, is, these two. it is a uh, bit of a sausage party when it comes to the, to the more famous writers. Uh, if, you, if you play the either or game, you kind of start going around in circles quite quickly mm-hmm. when it comes to female writers. Because they're out there, but they're not, you know...
1: But I just want to pick up on something that Ross said, which I think is a really interesting point, saying, like, you're not the target audience. But to an extent, just because a story has two female kind of protagonists, doesn't necessarily mean that the authors aimed the the audi- aimed it to a female. I know that's not what you were saying. No, no. But, um, I was, um, yeah. The, the but, no, but I basically think the it is start quite of the article that they were trying to
2: market to. But yeah.
1: Because I think it does happen regularly. We see there's quite a lot of things where if you have a female protagonist, people think. That it is aimed at a female audience, which is why people were so sometimes confused, sometimes angry about Charlie's Tyrone in um, Mad Max Fury Road, weren't they? Because they were just mm-hmm. like, well, why is she in? It's why is she, she in is character? mad movie? Yeah, why is she a main character in a Mad Max film? Mad Max is it's kind of um, aimed at a male audience. It's like, but it still can be. Mm.
0: But I assume that anything written by Kelly Sue DeConnick is for me because she's brilliant. <laughs> I assume that anything written by Kelly d- d- is for me for everyone. Yeah. Uh and I love Bitch Planet, for example, picking a comic book out uh random. because uh, it's great. And yes, okay, it's a handmaid's tale with punching. Um <laughs> But and and you know, it's always it meets the new black in space, meets a handmaid's tale and it's really angry. Mm. And you're like, Yeah, of course it's really angry because that's a horrible dystopian, you know, world where one gender is just beating the shit out of the other one. That's <laughs> horrible. Um, the plot of Bitch is essentially, if you don't conform, you get sent to jail, yeah. and it's the women who have to conform. It's, it's Handmaid's Tale, but yeah. different, and things change much more radically, and there's much more explosions.
1: One of my friends posted on Facebook, um, after the first episode of Handmaid's Tale showed on Channel 4, saying, probably shouldn't have watched the first episode of Handmaid's Tale with my parents. And I was like, but I'm sure he's read it. He <laughs> like, was like, yeah, maybe maybe that's something that maybe should have known. <laughs> Fair do, all right?
0: <laughs> I wouldn't watch it with my parents, because my parents don't particularly read, because uh, I'm a rebel, obviously.
3: Hmm.
0: Um, oh, God, this is still going on. Um, you know the whole thing with Cassandra Clarence, uh, uh, Sherilyn oh, Kenyon? Oh,
1: God, I don't care. This has been for ages. This is what, three years? A really long time, what?
0: They're still arguing over the Hunter copyright thing. Uh, it's in the process of being ignored by the looks of things. <laughs> okay.
1: Um, because I think even at the time, I can't believe this has taken a year. Considering No, it's, it's taken like, two. It's taken, it's taken two. two years. Ago. I can't believe it's taken this long, considering that's, it's not a new idea. Ooh. The idea of a, a, a person awakening to a secret world that is part of a world we're already part of and then finding out that they are part of it is not a new idea yeah. if we're honest that's pretty much the basis for any urban fiction that's isn't Narnia, it isn't it isn't Narnia piece. yeah I was about to say Narnia Narnia, Narnia
2: Harry Potter ben
1: Alice Havitch, in Wonderland Alice yeah, like,
2: Peter Pan it goes back a long
1: way so, so most urban fiction like Neverwhere Mids Night's Dream yeah it goes back a while <laughs> which
3: presumably Shakespeare is that is that the of a Night's Shakespeare didn't nick from somewhere else well, he must have nicked it from somewhere <laughs> probably
0: um but it's if, a bit of it's a bit of a it's a bit of column a, a bit of column b a bit of column c if saying, it's a mashup
3: yeah.
1: if it doesn't get thrown out though surely cassandra clare can just make the case that that should be case action is that what it's called when it's like you, ne- you, sh- you can't just sue me you have to sue everyone yeah who's had an even vaguely similar <laughs> <day> <laughs> class maybe. action maybe? class action that's one sorry Class action suit. Um, it just seems like did that, did that. whole thing though not kick off slightly at about the point at
3: which Shadowhunters was about to be yes, made into a TV Netflix. series. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Which, which, in fairness, this report alludes to quite heavily. And every time I've seen it, everyone's just like, "Yeah, it's because clearly she's had a big payday and someone wants part of it."
1: It's um, a Netflix TV series, though. Like, come on. Ultimately, it's already it already had a a, a big budget blockbuster film by that point
0: it'll get uh, like it? like you know like any if it's a good netflix tv series it'll get to its certain series or third series and then be cancelled yeah.
1: you see yeah no that's not book i'm gonna let's, get onto tv now anyway needs- yeah let's write uh, about this some
0: other time. talking about movie rights and things children of time by adrian tchaikovsky
1: hey!
3: uh, has been
0: optioned by lionsgate are we, are we judging books I think we should judge books um, and yet again we're going to remind you we are on Twitter at Radio Bookworm if you like the show or t- tweet us at Radio Bookworm you can also <laughs> tweet Starburst Magazine at Starburst underscore mag um, I should point out that they have a radio show between um, 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock on Fab radio International dot com uh, and you and can on what day of the week? It's on a Wednesday, mm-hmm. and it's live. Oh, so you can you can actually email them in while they're doing stuff. We're not live; we are reanimated book people. Um, but you can, you, what you you could conceivably do is you could email them at studio at, at fabinternationalradio.com dot com and um, tell them how wonderful we are because uh, why not? Because hmm.
1: so, otherwise they just won't know. Yes, exactly. So uh, you've got a book. I do, I'm holding a book. What is the it book? It is The Spectacular Sisterhood of Superwomen. Awesome female characters from comic book history. Um, so it's um it's not an anthology based thing, it's like um, It's a colourful hardback. Like it's yeah, like an essay kind of thing. Um essay kind of thing. Yeah, it's a colourful hardback. It's timelined, which is pretty cool, and it appears to literally be what it says on the tin, like a timeline history of women in comic books um, or female characters in comic books so it starts from the 1930s um, that one's quite a short chapter <laughs> um, but yeah it, look, it looks very colourful it's got a plastic sleeve on it which has a big navy blue um, pillar with the the title um, but then the actual cover behind it is just a collage of various panels from comic books with female characters in I'm not going to lie, I actually know who very few of them are there's Ramona Flowers, Wonder Woman one of them might be Emma Frost but I don't think it is Um, just having a look and on the back I recognise one but couldn't tell you who it is Squirrel Girl, yes yay, love a bit of Squirrel Girl Um, actually that might be yeah, I'd say that's a, a sexy storm going on there and I don't know yeah, I don't know who the others are.
0: Can I can I try my massive nerd powers? And yeah. yeah the, of course.
1: Uh, I'm handing it over to Ed to have a look at. Oh, like the um, transparency
2: of this dust jacket.
1: Though. But yeah, the dust jacket's really cool. But it's been put together by Hope Nicholson. There's a little bit inside about her as well.
0: That's Love and Rockets, but I couldn't tell you the character. That's Wonder Woman. That's Martha Washington, goes to war. Uh the Flowers. Um, gosh, you're right. Yeah. Um that is um uh, girls with slingshots right at the bottom there. Um it's great fun. Um, that is Doom Patrol, but I couldn't name the character. Mm-hmm. My word those are some bumps. Um, that okay, is man. that is the Cheetah that's Squirrel girl. Suspect that might be Night Nurse. That you know, yeah, that is a very sexy storm. Um,
1: yeah, okay, yeah, I'm I think, intrigued
0: because I don't recognise a chunk of those, and yeah, I consider myself to be a I think fan. it's
1: been put together by um, someone who clearly, like, I think this is is what she does. The blurb on the backs is about um, Hope Nicholson's the own, owner and founder of Bedside Press, um, specialising in archival and anthology comic collections. But she herself appears to just do talks about girls in fandom and women in publishing and women in comic books and female characters in comic books so it's definitely been put together by someone with a passion for it and probably like an exceptionally high knowledge if we're honest um i've opened it onto an interesting double page spread of some guys looking through a window at a naked lady interesting but she's surrounded by food and cats so she's probably having a lovely time um, but that one was from the 70s so we're not that Ah, not is it that one, one of those,
0: those American hippie comics that are
1: Posch. that are
0: yeah very ridiculous in design and shape and mm. also very ridiculous in what it's satiring. And like sometimes you look at it and you go that's some t- sort of ist until you get into it and you realise that it it, it is is to everyone which doesn't make it okay but it makes it slightly more acceptable yeah. if you say I mean
1: it's quite nice as well because there's like an actual it's not just one of those. Like, here's a guide to like. There's a good passage, a good chunk of information about every character that's written down, and there seems to be a um, like an actual um, an actual image as well from or actual kind of piece from one of their comics. But the Silk Spectre's in there in the eighties, mm. which is always a good time. Um, so okay, obviously we're
2: just flicking through it. We're just yeah, I'm just I'm just wondering whether Wonder Woman is sort of covered in the 30s or 40s when she came about, or whether the evolution of the character might be go th- you know sort of through the rest of the decades. I would hope that it would cover the character all the way through the decades. Well, and no, then, I just mean whether the 40s section will cover her the rest of the book, de- or whether there'll be an update in the she, 80s chapters. It wasn't a storm.
1: Lot. It wasn't a sexy storm. It's someone called Jink, silver-haired, sexy rogue, searching for trouble and treasure in the far future.
2: Is she? I like the little color illustrations on the inside as well. Is she something to do with ElfQuest? By chance?
0: Uh, Yeah.
1: Is it cheating to have two ElfQuest characters in this book? I think not, since the series became so expansive that it produced a few hundred issues over several decades, introducing dozens of characters.
0: I've never got into ElfQuest. I know it when I see it, but I've never got into it. No, you didn't. But I I like the the way it's put together because it's not only
1: done. Through time, um, but it's also in alphabetical order, so that's nice. And the last girl of the '80s is Squirrel Girl, so that's hey. really love a bit of Squirrel Girl. Um, the '90s is literally just says Witchblade. <laughs> that's fair. That's, oh no, hang on. Maybe Witchblade? No, Witchblade is the last girl of the '90s. So Squirrel Girl's in the '90s section. Sorry, I got confused. Um, but yeah it appears to go all the way up to I think the last section is 2010, so it's up to, to modern times which is lovely
0: there is that, there is that running gag with, um, with academics and comics where inevitably after a while if you're in the UK comic scene someone will ask you if you've met Mel Gibson <laughs> by which they mean Dr Mel Gibson right, of Northumbria University who is a comics academic yeah. of course I have. She's lovely. Mm. Um she's probably one of the most important academics in the you know, in sequential art. Um, since uh, <laughs> We're pushing a
2: lot of buttons today.
0: <laughs> um since since uh, they came in. The I should mention shall I mention the sequential art thing? I used to be sequential art editor for Starbucks magazine before I became a Literary Editor and I had the choice before, before, between being comic book guy or sequential art art editor. I was given the choice and I went I'll be sequential art because then I can help someone with their Arts Council England application so I did that uh, because you why wouldn't you Mm. Um, but yeah sequential art of course being just a very fancy way of saying comic book but then so is graphic novel Mm. Mm. because sometimes sometimes you have to remind people like comics aren't just for kids they're also for ancient Egyptians Um, so uh, I've got a book you haven't um, got. Do you know the boot news we didn't mention? The Watch. Just you mentioned uh, Spectre there. Mm-hmm. The Making a Watchman TV series. Ooh. Ooh. Anyway, nothing to do with this. Um, the sport of Lilith. Working in Hollywood is a living hell. So, by uh, Donna Fadsty. So here is a young lady in a leather jacket. Yep. Oh, okay. With a sword. With a With a stick. Ooh. Um, she's in a leather jacket, she has dark hair, she looks pan-European, <laughs> he said faintly. She um, looks
1: ready for whatever's about to come.
0: She looks like she's about to hit things. Um,
2: with the, with look the at the blurb.
0: Uh, out the spotlight in the Dark Commons and Studio Battle Arts, Hollywood hides a remarkable secret. Actor or actress, set designer or electrician, best boy or, or grip. In La, La Land, it pays not to be human. Vampires convey trolls, elementals, goblins. The studios hire anyone and anything that can take directions, be discreet and not eat the extras. <laughs> <laughs> the less you know about your agent, the better. The only human stuntwoman and struggling actress, Lee Strieger, oh, I see what they've done there, is a member of the legendary Cat's stunt crew. Uh, they're best in their biz, part, partially because some of them can fly and they've also got human strength. When a job in the in the movie *Pale Dreamer*, however, not everyone is following the script. It's up to her to figure out who or what is killing the cast or and the crew. Ooh.
1: So why <laughs> why is it up to her?
0: <laughs> Apparently, that's what she does. Okay. Um, yeah, it's some big the chapter headers are some big norgian nonsense. There. We,
1: I think it, the the premise of the the story sounds interesting.
0: In fairness, judging the book by the cover, that's exactly what I expect that to be. Yeah. I would have, I would have hazarded, like, maybe she's an actress or an agent.
1: There's a lot of writing on the cover. There's, is but, that? But, yeah.
0: Sheila Maguire. No, no, no. Is, no, no, no I'm... Charlene
2: I'm, just... House in things. Author's name in slightly larger letters. That's not what I'm looking at. Um, there's a... Look behind her that it looks like I'm not sure if it's supposed to be the Hollywood sign but it also looks yeah. like gravestones from I here. think it's
1: the Hollywood sign I see what right. you're seeing
2: I think that's clever I think that's deliberate they're trying to make it well, the, yeah but the Hollywood sign yeah okay it's from the back of the Hollywood sign yeah so because yeah. it's it's not protected it's it's a weird thing with copyright You you the Hollywood images sign it has an image thing of intellectual property I, I, I'm i not entirely certain what the, the thing it is but if, if you film it there's some I don't know so our producer has passed out. Oh, no, hi. Uh, Just when we needed
0: a legal thing. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: So what have you got in front of you there, producer? Uh,
3: Scourge? Is that how we're pronounce it?
0: Scourge. Scourge. I say
3: Scourge. Gail Z Martin. Uh, it's yellow and maroon with an odd scattering of what's plainly supposed to be blood. Uh, this is a Darkhurst novel, so I'm assuming it's in a
1: series. It's got
2: heraldry. It's
1: got heraldry. Yeah. Yes. I think it's a shield of the if bird my and a last twig. name was Martin and I was an author yeah. writing some form of epic yeah. power fantasy, I'd try really hard not to make it look like I thought I was writing Game of Thrones. Yeah. Which is it's the not, And the, yeah. the blurb on the back is not, not helping that. For
3: blow on the back's not helping at all
0: what's the blow on the back
3: um corin regan possibly and kel valmond have been orphaned orphaned their father murdered by the city guard their mother slain by monsters and left to run the family business alone undertakers gifted with ancient grave magic they help souls pass into the after so there's a lot going on there Hmm. Um, presumably we've had uh, the father murdered and the mother slain in previous books Ah, uh, yeah it's yeah. series isn't it oh I'll tell you what though if you, if you run your hand down the spine it is like slightly raised printing so that's quite pleasing oh uh, the home city of Ravenwood is a battleground for decadent princes and powerful guilds and for Lord Mayor Ella Masheson who crouches at the heart of it all like a bloated spider you see I'm getting um, after effects of um, Ankh-Morpork Mm. Uh, the city has long been beset by monsters flesh-eating ghouls, hideous snake fiends monstrous maggots, yet the city guards do nothing still, Ankh-Muppel um, it's <laughs> quite a thick book when the toll climbs yeah. too high it's for the people to take arms and defend themselves but in fighting for their lives the Valmond brothers become targets in a deadly game and must risk everything to survive it's just massive, everything about it is massive yeah, it there's a margins? lot of story there um, not, um, not even really big no, that's
2: that's
0: the commercial book just a large
3: book. It's like five hundred and something pages. That's quite a
0: series. Yeah, that's one of those books that the 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 rest of the editorial team would go, Ed, this few and then look at them and blink slightly, ow, and then like read it and not get to read anything else for the rest of the week.
3: Oh, apparently, um, no, this is, this is The first in a brand new epic fantasy series.
0: Oh, it is? okay. Oh. But already over half a million books sold, apparently according to the bank. I'm
3: very. Con- that's the. Hardback. I'm very, very confused about this about the author paragraph.
0: Girls Ed Martin, we've reviewed yeah. Girls Ed Martin she, before. I'm she sure she's been around for a while. Yeah, did did she not do like um, some cross dimensional adventure stuff that we rather liked?
1: Don't
3: know. Gail Z. Martin is the author of Scourge, a Darkhurst novel, the first in a brand new epic fantasy series from Solaris Books. Also, new are The Shadowed Path, part of the Chronicles of the Necromancer universe, Vendetta, a deadly curiosities novel in her urban fantasy series set in Charleston, South Carolina, Shadow and Flame, the fourth and final book in the Ascendant Kingdoms saga, and Iron and Blood, a new steampunk series co authored with Larry N. Martin. So, she is a word canon. That's a lot of things that all have new. Sure, yeah.
0: she did a thing about her, like a fantasy novel about a trans dimensional Goddess so uh, It
3: was a necromancer series.
0: Maybe that was it. We're, we're brilliant and on the ball when it comes to the world, world of genres. I
1: wouldn't read that because of the size, and it's the start of a series and, and it doesn't it doesn't sound different enough beige. to other things that i've read yes
0: literally beige. Literally
1: beige.
2: i've i've read that one the the blood king I've read
1: yeah
3: i see i'm sure that's, that's the pa- and the Necromancer. i'm sure that's passed through our space before might be wrong
0: is it bad that because we've now read like several hundred books but forgetting ones. no no yeah. there's
2: still room for more i
3: answer so I'm very confused as to whether this is an ex- in an existing world or not. Uh,
0: i not sure. So ha-
3: yeah, so um, I don't know. I, I kind of like this actually. I like mm. the
1: cover. I quite like it. I'm not convinced I'd ever read the book. It sounds awful but that's the sort of cover you see with the £3.50 sticker on it in Tesco.
2: That, that's... That's... Yep. Exactly. It's a, well yeah, that suggests it's been marked and um, mass marketed and... So because yeah, tend to be you know, the supermarket ones tend to be we've spent a lot of money making a lot of copies of this and we're gonna try and plug it to as many people yeah. as possible. So we're not just gonna put it in a book we're gonna put it in a supermarket as well. I, I definitely I'm just looking at the you know, mean, yeah. It's 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 awful a awful what do you got? I have Dark Immolation by Christopher Husberg. Uh, it's book two of the Chaos Queen Quintet. Oh. Okay. So there's five books, it's going to end. <laughs> <In> <laughs>
3: but, but not yet. <laughs> yet. But
2: not yet. You've got three more to go after this, and there's one more to find before you can read this one.
1: Well, Christopher Husberg, you're already in Del's good book, simply because it states on the front of this book that it is book two. Well done. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it is a great new fantasy epic, says the library journal. Yes, yeah, so you at
1: least know
3: where you stand, don't you? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's got a finishing point.
2: Yep, yeah, and it says it's perfect for fans of Daniel Abraham and Brandon Sanderson.
1: Could it also be perfect for fans of Christopher Husberg?
2: It could also be... <laughs> I would like to think that the fact that he has his name on it means yeah, that you know, yeah. if people have found book one and are looking for book two, that that would be a clue.
1: I like that I can't tell if the front is covered in ash or diamonds.
2: Well, I first thought it was in space. I just thought it's black and there's asteroids. but
1: Oh,
3: oh. It? No, but but that's even more clever.
2: Yeah, I, I may have completely missed the point. Is it actually set in space? Um, well it says a great new fantasy epic in the black space on the front cover. So it's probably not in space. But I'm not ruling anything else at this point because I'm only judging it by its cover. Um, there is a ring of stones with a sort of inner ring that sort of I up. think that
1: could be ash.
2: Yeah. Okay.
1: I like that it could be ash it could be diamonds. It's like it's glittery ash. That's nice. I because I think the front cover looks so nice I would find the first book to decide if I wanted to read it yeah. if I picked it but it's that
3: interesting up. that we're sitting there going uh, we think it's ash we think it's diamonds we think it's space so yeah. plainly the cover is not
1: helping clarify matters true but it's still pretty enough yeah. that I wonder if the words are pretty as well
2: uh, I am just glancing at the back, and the back's not really helping me either th- on cool. deciding those three. <laughs> so
0: I, I should point out that if you're listening to us live on FabRedio International.com, you can also subscribe to us on iTunes, and you'll actually get more show that <laughs> way as well, uh, because we're totally going to overrun on this theme, uh, and you will get more show. Uh, and you can also follow us on Twitter at Radio Book Web. Del.
1: I am holding something called Dark Cities. Uh, which is an anthology, I would assume, because it's got lots of authors on the front, and the first one's M.R. Carey. Yay! Oh. Uh, but it's all new masterpieces of urban terror. M.R. Um, Carey is fantastic at urban terror. Um, other names include Scott Smith, Sherry um, or Cherry, sorry, and how you might pronounce that. Priest, Jonathan Maybury or Mabry, um, Paul Tremblay. And Scott Sigler and more. It says so. Those are the names that are on.
0: So the cover. Paul Tremblay wrote "Head Full of Ghosts," which we rather liked. Okay. Um Mabry writes nonsense about vampires and writes an awful lot of stuff about vampires. Um, so yeah. Helen was,
1: Marshall's one of the names on the back. I'm sure that rings a bell. Yeah. Um, you'll never walk. You'll never again walk the streets alone. Um, in shadowy black alleys crumbling brown stones and gleaming skyscrapers cities harbour unique forms of terror here lie malicious ghosts cursed buildings, malignant deities and personal demons of every kind 20 of today's most talented writers bend their skills towards the darkness creating brand new tales guaranteed to keep you awake at night especially if you live in the dark cities um, but yeah the front is literally it's a skyscraper kind of cityscape at the bottom but it's integrating that into the mouth of a skull um, like so that. they're like yeah. the broken teeth yeah it's very good um, to be honest even if this was a terrible cover the fact that it's M.R. Carey would already have excited me um, even though I don't, I read a lot of fantasy um, but I don't necessarily read a lot of horror but I think M.R. Carey is very special in the way he does horror um, so I would pick this up for him alone but I would still probably read the others and that was me
0: so I have in my hand paperbacks from hell the twisted history of the 70s and 80s horror fiction Dru- judging it by this cover half literally half the, half the cover is the words paperbacks from hell and it's in that 70s 80s kind of tales from the unexpected style yeah. hammer horror font uh, by Grady Hendricks. and then the rest of it is covers lots of covers of 70s and 80s horror fiction.
1: We've said Grady Hendrix already today and I feel like well, that was also the book that had a vintage cover on it. It was, wasn't it? was it, the it it was was a, Stranger, Stranger Things was, It was the Stranger
0: Things one. Yeah, it so was for is, a
1: previous show but yeah, we've seen that name today connected to something that's got a vintage cover.
0: So, uh, uh, written De- so basically he's written an essay about these an extended book about 80s books and then he's written his own 80s style book that's exactly what he's done uh, uh, so uh, on the back it says written in dead letters and covered in blood and yep. it's red and white obviously. demonic possession, made us babies man-eating moths for, uh, for these books no plot was too ludicrous no cover too hot, no appalling no, no evil too despicable now how author Grady Hendrix risks his soul and his sanity, not to mention yours to relate the truth untold, sto- true untold story of fascinating forgotten era in pop publishing Read the sign up shattering story summaries, see the perfect hand painted cover imagery, and learn the true tales of the writers, artists and publishers who gleefully violated every literary law, but but no but one. Never be boring. Um, and I'm flipping through this and I think it's perfect for today's show mm. simply because it's awful full of cover art. Um, there is a we, we flip it over and there's a guy who looks a bit like Tom Cruise, holding a yeah. huge knife and a terrified nun. Um, and that's kind of what you want John Christopher's novel *The pure terror the little people and it's got that's a Nazi gnome <laughs> <laughs> that's a Nazi gnome that, and na- a castle that is a Nazi gnome
3: that's a Nazi that's
0: gnome weird. and that's just the little people elves, demons they speak German they carry r- rips and sometimes they're connected with the r- mysterious way of Nazi experiments apparently um, <laughs> Rod Serling's witches, warlocks and werewolves uh, Shirley Jacksons. we have always lived in the castle okay H.P. Uh, Lovecraft. Oh, right, there's a cover here for HBO Craft's case of Charles Dexter Ward which tells you nothing about Charles Dexter Ward. It's a glowing skull and a dragon and some gravestones <laughs> uh, There's an entire chapter called Hail Satan I like that uh,
1: it's black and white Yes, I shouldn't like that it's black and white but I actually think it really works for the look of the book I think there's a cover You'd- colour plates you'd buy this for other people wouldn't you I don't think I don't know many people that would necessarily buy that for themselves but you could buy it for a person and it would be a good present
0: someone that you know loves yeah like the movies.
1: 80s horror kind of writing
0: some some of this artwork is amazing I mean it's nothing that you would have on your wall <laughs> but oh, maybe it is But creepy kids
1: Never, yeah started um, with the omen Excellent.
0: So there are lots of pictures of small children looking over burning houses. Um, <laughs> a little Creaking girl, look at that. Let's go play at the Adams, and then there's a there's a young girl tied to a chair. Um, oh, that's very cliche, isn't it? Very, well, this is where the cliches came from. Mm. Um, my God, it's Harley! It's not Harley. <gasps> <It's> not Harley. <gasps> David and the Folly, a demon bunny. Literally a demon bunny. I'm going to get headbutted by
1: a rabbit if I keep it on like that. Um, yes. Eat them
0: alive, Pierce Ace, uh, For the first time in Hobart. That's Praying Mantis. Yeah. That's a very large. It's a very, very large... large
1: Praying Mantis that's going to eat that man.
0: Or a very small man.
1: Yeah. Either way, it probably wasn't the one night stand he was expecting. Oh. Is where I'm expecting that story is going.
0: Yeah, that's very Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um. Yeah, that—that's amazing, and yeah. um, that's very—I could judge that all day. And mm. um, producer, well,
3: okay, I have got one in the um. Once again, continuing to be republished, Detective Club series of books. This is the Littleton case by R. A. V. Morris. Uh, so we've gone for classic throwback to the nineteen thirties and a little. Hardback cover book wrapped inside the thing. Uh, so yeah, you take the pla- you take the paper cover off and it's it's all black and gold and it's got the man with the gun thing on it and uh, sort of late 1930s derby handcuffs. Um, the paper cover is uh, a woman looking. Uh, I think she's supposed to be looking terrified um, with a gun in her face, uh, sort of revolver type. <laughs> Thing. I
2: think if it wasn't for the gun, you wouldn't be sure she was terrified.
3: Yeah, yeah, could go either way. Uh, and a pull quote on the back: "An entertaining crime story, brim full of interest." South Wales Argus.
1: Um, are there? <laughs> is that series the? It's the repro series, isn't it? It's so repro are they the ones that, that is actually a story from the 1930s. Yes, it is from printed. the
3: golden age of detective fiction. Uh, I've had a little bit of a flick through. So this was first published in April 1922 and carried on being republished until or reprinted until 1930. Uh, now, uh, the inside of the paper cover thing has a little bit of a crazy of the plot, which sounds interesting. But then it tells you about the author, which gets even more interesting. Ronald Arthur Venner Morris wrote the Littleton case in his 40s, inspired by his younger brother, the seminal Welsh fantasy author, Kenneth Morris. Mm. Despite its success as one of Collins's earliest detective novels in multiple editions, this was to be R.A.V. Morris's only book. Although he wrote numerous articles and poems as an active member of the Theosophical Society and the Order of the Golden Dawn. Yes. Gosh. And you are
0: recognising him somewhere.
3: Yes, the little introduction thing tells you a bit about the actual author and a little bit about his brother. So the brother Kenneth uh, wrote two works expanding upon the Mabinogion which was The Fate of the Princes of Diffid and The Book of the Three Dragons uh, and also The Secret Mountain and other tales uh, amongst other things. Uh, This author guy appears to have had a fascinating life um, moving around the world and the UK and stuff. Unfortunately, um, parents... Both died within a year of each other, mm-hmm. uh, leaving several kids as orphans, who then got moved around. Ended up growing up in Devizes Castle in Wiltshire. Yay,
1: Devizes. Devizes.
3: Um, yeah, but people really like this book and are like, why didn't he write any more? There is a suggestion that because his brother was a really successful author and there was a bit of a competitive spirit between them, he wrote it to see if he could. Ha, <laughs> lol. <laughs> <Well>, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: He also, if he was, if he was an active member of um, the Philosophical Society and so on, he would have written an awful lot of essays and stuff of an entirely different topic, yeah. um, which you
3: know. Well, apparently, um, occasional articles and poems to philosophical publications. From well, what they can gather
0: a lot of their stuff. A lot of the stuff from those from those mystery cults from the time you can still get. And mm. um, those books are. Oh, someone's pulling this falling apart. Um, you can still get those books, and they always look. Gorgeous, mm. you know, they always look absolutely kind of proper grimoire. Kind of, um, there's a chat that I follow on Instagram, he's uh, a friend of ours who collects occult works essentially, and they're all just they look beautiful. I mean, yeah. I, I'm, yeah, I would be bored senseless by what's inside them, but they look amazing. Yeah, so
3: I love this. I'm gonna read this. Uh, I think if you are the sort of reader who enjoys crime fiction and knows about your golden age of detective fiction. Uh, subgenre. You will look at this and pick it up and buy it because of the Detective Club thing. Uh, I'm going to add it to my pile of ever-expanding Detective Club things. The only thing that really slightly annoys me, right, is that in order to, <laughs> because of the way the spine's been printed, in order to stack it so that you can you can read the spine correctly, you have to stack it upside down. You if, you're, do, if you're stacking them, like you could have it like that. The way to but the you, you could, yeah. But you, no, that's
0: you fine. could reverse the dust jacket.
1: Reverse the polarity. Uh, anyway. <laughs> but yeah, confuse
2: the polarity. <laughs> yeah. That's
0: to reverse it; it's confusing
2: it. I have a red book. It's called "The Life of Yvette Elves." Sorry, "The Life of Elves." It's by Muriel Barbary best-selling author of "The Elegance of the Hedgehog." Oh, I want
1: to read that. Yeah, as well. I know. I, I am, want to read "The Elegance of the Hedgehog." So, saying kids' book. I'm yes, I, so I
2: suspect sane. kids' book as well. Um,
1: kind of hope but, it's not though.
2: It's a story, it's of course, still, but it's it? also true. Oh, um, it's definitely uh, Yeah, I'm, I'm going I'm to read the back of this, because I, I, I looked at this and I thought I'd quite like this. Hundreds of miles apart, two foundling babies are taken in and raised by rural communities. In Burgundy, little Maria's unique affinity with nature transforms her isolated village, while up in the Italian mountains, Clara's extraordinary musical talent proves to be only one of her special gifts. For now, the girls know nothing of each other, nor of their elven bond, but as a time of great, as a time of great danger looms, it is they and their kind who will lead the Fight for good and prevail in the world.
1: But, yeah, it's I'd read. That. Yeah, well, you're still allowed to read kids' books. You know? I do regularly, yeah. I think we all know this. Yeah, anytime I'm like, this looks good, it's YA. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah I mean, I did flip fl- fl- through it,
2: and I don't know. The margins test, don't. your margins are okay,
1: <laughs> those are acceptable margins. Okay,
2: <laughs> are they Are they narrow? <laughs> I don't know. No, they're it's, good. It's, it's not large font, it's not especially large font, but no. it, but it's at least uh, the rest of the cover. There is a bridge with. I'm guessing a young girl crossing it, so... And it's...
1: Oh, I don't know, yeah. is it an In Irish very, style?
3: Yeah, it's, it's it's very old dress. Well, that says Gaelic, so is that the publisher? That, uh, that suggests I'm, something... Well, casual? yeah, I
2: mean, there's also a, a quote on the cover. It deserves to be read by story lovers of all ages, the Irish Times. So yeah, so I'm guessing there's an uh, Irish something to this book.
1: Yeah. But, yeah, it looks quite lovely. Yeah, it looks lovely. Just lovely. Yeah. Um, yeah, It, it looks...
2: The, the cover reminds me of a kind of, like, a Moomin oh. style. <gasps> um... Yeah, there's also, I mean, The Life of else the L and the E are sort of gold lettering and the E looks a bit like, Have I, uh, have I bent
3: the
1: spine? I don't know. The, thing. No. the E looks a bit like, like a, um,
2: a, a lyre, a, a bow or something.
1: Can't, can't. Not a
2: bow, heart. No, hang on.
1: Bridge. The what? E. No. I stopped listening, sorry. A, sorry. The, the cover e, got bent. The E looks,
2: actually no, I thought it looked a bit like, So a, what producer
0: immediately was peel yeah. the cover, which is entirely fine on a paperback, peel yeah. the cover and start diving in, which is entirely allowed. Oh! No.
3: It's been translated from French. <laughs>
2: oh. Okay, if, you know, if, if, if one of the characters is from Burgundy and one of them is garlic. from Italy then... uh,
0: Ah, not Gaelic
2: There's no E in there, it's Gaelic.
0: Well, this, well we this, woman lived,
3: this woman has lived in Kyoto and Amsterdam and now lives in France This
2: has a, a, a not particularly localised feel.
3: Uh First published in France as La Vie d'Elf by Edition Gallimard
1: Paris Nice
2: Cool. I've said The Elegance of the Hedgehog has a title as well.
1: Muriel. was it Mir- Mur- I can't remember the name. Father, is, is She's she the person the wrote translator? In No, she's the person you
3: voted for. The translator is Alison Anderson. Okay. Who
1: did the previous one, The Elegance of the Hedgehog. Which Talk. is a
2: lovely title, and I want to read mm. that.
1: Oh, right, okay. when We have a new book. Yeah, I'm moving on. When Ad, Ed handed me this book, I didn't look at it properly because I try not to on the judge, the cover ones, but I was like, oh, it's Alice. And it's not Alice. It's a story called Lost Boy, but it's by Christina Henry, who wrote Alice, um, which actually I'm currently reading. Um, so it's all children grow up except one lost boy. Um, the I would say either it's a Peter Pan... Well, if I hadn't seen the author, I would say either it's a Peter Pan story or it's going to be the story of a little boy who's maybe having troubling times and they're using Peter Pan as an, an, as an analogy mm-hmm. to help you except his kind of suffering um but i like it's got like a hook coming up through a silhouette of a boy's head and then there's a little boy sat on top of the hook as well Um, but because it's christina henry i would actually assume that maybe this is going to be a new twist on the idea of peter pan and where peter pan's story may have come from in his head if that is a format that she's using regularly um, just because I'm currently reading Alice, and that is essentially what Alice is about. Alice is set ten years after Alice has supposedly fallen down the rabbit hole, mm. and it's actually about the fact that when she's got back home, people can't deal with maybe the atrocities she suffered to have created that world in her head. So she's been in an institution for ten years, and now the rest of the book is about us learning that actually this idea of mysticism does exist in this form of London. But this is a very, very kind of uh, broken person whose maybe post-traumatic stress has replaced actual memories with fantasy memories to kind of keep her there. Um, Yeah, there is one version of my story that everyone knows and then there is the truth. Once I loved a boy called Peter Pan oh Ooh, so maybe it's from Wendy's perspective Peter brought me to his island because there were no rules and no grown ups to make us mind he brought boys from the other place to join in the fun but Peter's idea of fun is sharper than a pirate's sword he wants always to be that shining sun that we all revolve around he'll do anything to be that sun Peter promised we would be we would all be happy and happy forever we would all be young and happy forever peter will say i'm a villain that i wronged him that i never was his friend peter lies Ooh. or maybe if there's a hook on the front maybe this maybe is it's a story maybe this is the story of hook oh um i would read this because having read and very enjoyed alice anyway but even if i hadn't read alice i'll be reading alice i'd read this from the front cover to be honest the front cover is Pretty and interesting enough that it's already got my attention. What's that little no. inset picture at the bottom? The little inset no, on the back. Oh, at the back. Um, so these are the, her two other books. Uh, the ones are Alice and she has one called The Red Queen, which I haven't read. Oh, that must be an Alice in Wonderland as well. That feels quite Alice-y. Still, she haunts me. What was the something I can't read?
3: What was the one that you read? That was
1: oh,
3: it was about the Queen of Hearts. Oh, it was Queen of Hearts, wasn't it? But I can't remember what it was called. It was. It's upstairs. Uh, it, yeah. I think it was called The Queen of Hearts. No, it wasn't. Or Heartsland? Or Heart, heartless, Heartslade. Heartless. Because yeah. it was meant to be wicked, but it was
0: the Queen of Hearts, and yeah. you hated it because it was rubbish and the character had no agency.
1: Yeah, there was a lot wrong with that book. Oh. Uh, yeah, but I think this is exciting. Shall we... We,
0: we,
2: uh, we have so many more books. We do, but... I'm, I'm, I didn't realise this part of Elspeth had an upstairs. Yes. So... Let's. do you know what there's something tentacles
0: over there I'm going to go and take a look at so before I do that I'm going to remind you to um, like subscribe, share uh, you can find us on the Monkey Spanners as we already said you can also find us everywhere else as well just tell your friends um, and yeah, thank you for listening uh, I've been Ed Fortune
1: I've been Producer Al, I've been Ross I've been Del, send help <laughs> <laughs> Bye Bye <laughs>